Welcome to the Student Mystery Podcast by Lifeway. I am your host, Ben Trueblood, alongside literally today and and figuratively yes. producer nathan what's up uh we are studio. happy to be in studio and we also like i'm super pumped about our guest today yeah it's gonna be great uh new to our team so this is one of our uh people here at lifeway students from time to time we want to make sure that you guys get to meet and hear from the incredible people that make up lifeway students Today, Tega Fafa is joining us. Tega, it's awesome to have you. Hello. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, you are new to our team. Uh, came this year is working on uh, one of the exciting new resources that we have called Hi-Fi that's going to be uh, it's out now, but starting use in September. Um, but Tega, before we get to that kind of stuff, I would love for you to tell uh, people a little bit about you, ministry background. Uh, there's some good like educational background here, too. So we can we can get into that as well. But uh, would love for you to share a little bit about who you are. Yeah. So my name is Tega Fafa, which if you've never heard that name before, that's because that name is Nigerian, which is what I, my background is. Um, and so educational background, uh, I have kind of been in the student world now for a few years. I started off as studying neuroscience as a pre-med student, um, and I'm in ministry now, so you can guess how that went, but <laughs> it was <laughs> senior year of college just felt like the Lord was kind of calling me to do something bigger than myself and really had this passion for bringing culture and culturally relevant spaces to church student spaces. And so, yeah, I went to seminary and made it somehow by the grace of God. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And then landed here at Lifeway. So a lot of my background has been doing creative direction, work, doing content and all things in between. Man, it's so interesting that like the seminary, like you had a neuroscience degree and the seminary part was the, by the grace of God, I, fin <laughs> I finished that part. It was like the other one was just a breeze, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I made it, made it barely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, um, so like, I would love to hear full name cause I know Tega is a nickname or part of the full name, but I would love mm -hmm. to hear, give me the full thing. So if I give you the Nigerian pronunciation, it's Oganetega, but I usually go by Oganetega. Okay. And so then you get Tega from that. So the first part of my name, Ogana, means God, and then Tega means praised or worshiped. So my full name means God is worthy to be praised and worshiped. Man, that is incredible. I it's prophetic. So now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now you're now we're, we're putting it into action. Right. That's yep. good. Well, um, you are working on Hi-Fi. You are our brand owner, lead person for this new resource. Um, and if you haven't heard about Hi-Fi, uh, you get to hear a little bit about it today. I promise it, this isn't just a giant commercial. Uh, we're going to be talking about relational student ministry uh, with Tega and Hi-Fi was designed and developed to really to help you create an environment through resources that helps teenagers build relationships with each other, helps adults build relationships with teenagers. Uh, I would I would say relationships is kind of the foundation 
of where Hi-Fi began. I'd love for you to talk about how relationships in the body of Christ, community that you have, have played a role in where you are now and where you've been serving in student ministry for the last several years. And how has community played a role in your own personal life? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm coming from a space where growing up, friendship was easy. Community was hard. Mm. And so I would distinguish the two as friends are the people that you're surrounded by, the maybe the people that you walk along side with, they're like around. But community is a group of people who are really down in the dirt with you. They are pushing you. They are challenging you. They're calling you out. They're calling you up. And for a long time in my life, I had a lot of friends, but I hit a point, honestly, post a breakup my senior year. Mm. And started just going through a lot of things or like my mental health was just tough. And I found myself running to all kinds of things to get affirmation and, and, and get things that I needed. And I hit a point where I joined a small group in college and my small group leader was the first person to truly call me out in love and say, hey, Jesus wants more for you actually he's calling you up and it wasn't in a way where she was shaming me, but she was like, I see who you are called to be. Hmm. And I want to help you and walk alongside you in that journey to get there. And not only was she a pivotal person in that, but I then the Lord just started planning people in my life who started to call me up and say, Hey, I see things in you. And it did something to me and it made me want to surround myself with people who weren't just going to enable me, but challenge me and call me up and, and, and be fun at the same time, but also be loving. Yeah. And so that has just fueled my passion for student ministry and why relationships matter. Because one, when the Lord said we weren't meant to do things alone, like that wasn't just a cute statement. He said he knew that we would go through things in this life and we would need to be surrounded by a community of people who would say, hey, you can be more like Jesus. And I want to walk with you in that. That is a Nathan. It reminds me of a, mm -hmm. a previous podcast conversation we've had with Ryan McDermott. Yes. And he talked about the importance of adults in students lives, calling them up to mm -hmm. what God has for them and believing in them, giving them an opportunity to do that. It's not just like. Ah, these kids these yeah. days, it's, but actually like calling that out in them and saying, I see, let's take it. It's what you said. It's like, I see more for you in this. Yeah. I think that's crucial. I think it seems to be, a, so I think sometimes we take that as two, maybe just a very subtle shift, but I think it's huge. It's just astronomical. The difference that, that makes for students to be called up and just even just the way in the words in which we say it, I think can empower students to then realize their, their life is about a higher calling than just oh, let me just act right now. But you're doing it for yeah. more than just the sake of like being good in the moment, but you're doing it as an act of glory to God and an act of worship yeah. and fellowship. So, yeah, it, it's crazy to think about a small group leader um, in student ministry. Like they might be the only, they may not be, but they might be the only person in a teenager's life who is speaking that way to them, who is saying mm -hmm. like, look, I see potential in you, who's taking the time and the extra effort to say like this, you can have more of this. There is more of Jesus for you. There's more to live when you follow Jesus. I see this potential that's there. They could, 
that could be the only person that's speaking yeah. that way to to a teenager's life. Yeah. And the other thing I'd even tag on that was what made it so big for me is that my small group leader was like the big sister that I never had. Mm. And so I felt safety with her. And I'd had a small group leader in high school who like she she was kind and she was great, but I wasn't safe with her. And that was because like, I didn't know her well enough to say like, she's a safe space for me to say, Hey, I messed up. Hey, I didn't do what I was supposed to. Hey, I did the thing that I told myself I wouldn't do again. And so part of what made that relationship so strong is that all her walls, well, the appropriate walls were, were put down and it allowed me to put my walls down as well. That's such a key thing. And like, if we're talking about student pastors that are listening to this, student ministry leaders, if if you have a small group, how you can break through some of these barriers that seem to exist relationally with students, student pastors, as you train leaders to like get to the point where they're doing this very thing, it takes a level of authenticity. It takes a level of a person being willing to say, okay, I am going to be vulnerable too. I am going to put myself out there in the hopes that these students do the same thing, that, yeah. that in me lowering appropriate boundaries on my side. So Tega, one of the things, like if we talk about training a leader and helping them to see the importance of the role that they can have in the life of a student and really like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like that relationship was kind of a trajectory changing kind of moment for you. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned part of what created that safe space was they were willing to be vulnerable and lower some of their kind of boundaries in an appropriate way as well. What else made that relationship a safe place so that real relationship could happen so that you felt like, okay, I, I can open myself up to this person because they really care because they're, they're actually in this with me versus they're just showing up for an hour a week or whatever. Right. I think one of the biggest things, and it wasn't even just my small group leader, it was my college pastor. It was like the church as a whole Hmm. decided to call me up but it was how they showed up outside of church. They oftentimes came to me way more than I went to them. Mm. And so it was like, they would come to my college campus and say, Hey, let's go out for lunch. Yeah. I know like you just finished your like third class of the day. You probably need to pick me up. And so they would come and they would buy me my lunch. Cause I knew I was a college student who couldn't afford it. <laughs> That's right. Like take it free food. Right. I'm like, hallelujah. And so it was the moments where they would show up to my, like, I was on the dance team in college. And so they would show up to those things. Mm. And they were so integrated into my actual life that it was just like, it, it didn't skip a beat when it came to updating them or talking about the real things because they weren't just my small group leader who shows up in church. They were my friend who showed up in life. Mm. And that was a big thing for me. And so speaking to the the college pa- or the student pastor or the small group leader or the ministry leader who is trying to figure out what does it look like to show up for your students? I think it's going to where they are. Yeah. 
it's meeting them in the space where they do life and saying, Hey, like, I don't want to just be part of one part of your life, but I want to be part of your life. Yeah. And I think that's huge. You know, that it's, that's been a, a part of student ministry conversation for a long time. And I think student pastors would like, as they're listening to this, they're probably thinking like, man, I tell my leaders, I tell my leaders that all the time, if they would just, all the some time. of them would just like actually do it. Um, I think one of the things like from a college student perspective, which is uh, what Tega is sharing here, obviously it's a little bit different than the time availability and things like that for high school students and, and mobility and transportation and all yeah. of that stuff. But I don't think it takes, and I think this is part of in our training of leaders that we have to focus, help them focus towards. I think it takes less time than what the leader thinks it takes initially. I agree. An extra phone call, an extra showing up to a place. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's not like this is a situation in the student side of things. Again, college a little bit different, but we're not saying you've got to show up for that kid every single week in, in everything that they do. Like that's right. the stalkerish. Like we're not, yeah. we're not asking, we're not, asking, <laughs> we're not asking for that, but just a, an extra step of effort showing, putting yourself out there like, Hey, I, I'm going to support you in your space. Mm-hmm. You're going to see me there. This is one of the reasons too, why like I'm such a fan of parents being involved in student ministry. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes they don't even have to do, they don't have to show up somewhere mm-hmm. extra because their kid might be there too. Yeah. They just have to walk somewhere else and say hi. Yeah. Or they have to go connect with with someone else instead of sit in their own section of the bleachers, right? Right. It's, like they're already there. Yeah. It's, it's taking that one step to be a little more intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So I, go ahead, take it. And I also spent like I'm not just like saying these things. I my high school girls, which they're now in college, just graduated last year. And so I walked with them through all four years of mm. high school as a small group leader. And one of the biggest things for them was like we would have FaceTime dates. Or we would send each other voice memos and I'd be like, girl, what's the tea? Tell me what's going on. Um, And it was moments where I would show up to their high school games and like literally bring some of the students in their student section, just like noisemakers to make more noise in the crowd. And then my girls would be like, oh my gosh, that's my small group leader. And they had no idea who I was. But the fact that I showed up and met their friends was huge. Yeah, yeah. And so, and it didn't take much out of my time. Like it felt in the moment, like, okay, well, I have to plan and I have to do more and you have to, Yeah, there has to be some level of planning and like being intentional, but it'll always pay off. So one of the things that is talked about a ton in student ministry is this conversation. How do we help leaders, older develop relationships with students, whether that's a college student who's a leader or a a parent who's a leader, that's talked about a lot. I think what's talked about less is how do we structure a student ministry where teenagers build relationships with each other, where the things that we do actually facilitate relationship rather than just being in the same place. I'd love to hear you talk about the importance of that, of Students coming to church and being able to feel like I've moved from friendship to actual community in this place. Like I have peers 
not only mentors, but I also have peers who are willing to like be in the mess of life with me. Yeah, I love this topic. I think one of something that can be hurtful to students building relationship with one another is if they only see each other and interact with each other in a small group context Hmm. where it's like the only time I'm sitting with these people and seeing these people is when I have to release my deepest and darkest secrets. And then I have to go back to life. Right. Yeah. Once a week for an hour, I've, I've got to be, I've got to be extremely vulnerable with this group of people. Yeah. Yes. And it's tough. And so I would say if you want your teenagers to like do life alongside each other outside of that small group, you have got to start facilitating and creating events and things for them to do together. And so honestly, like I think once a month, our small group would do a small group outing. Like we would go to hear like, Ours was like Sunday night programs. So we'd hear the sermon and then we're like, hey, let's do group at a bowling alley. Let's do group at the mall. Like we're going and doing these like normal life things. And half of the time it's like conversation wouldn't be about Jesus directly. But it's like we're talking about real life things. And so then it started to integrate this idea of, hey, you can like simply just do life with this person. And it doesn't always have to be about talking about what we read in scripture. Yeah. But it's about talking in general. And so bringing up talking points and like real life moments, the more that you can bring up real life moments and also talk about Jesus, the more your students have this permission to say, hey, I can be real with this person, not just about like my faith, but about my life. Yeah. What do you think? So you you are uh, you've been through college, seminary. So you're not like right, obviously, right out of out out of high school. But Mm -hmm. you just have walked with a group of girls from ninth grade through twelfth grade. Mm -hmm. What do you think students right now are looking for in a student ministry? Like when they somebody who is. Very little biblical background. Somebody who maybe has heard, hey, there might be a God out there. I've heard the name Jesus. I don't really know much beyond that. But my friend invited me to this place. And what do you think they're looking for? I think there are a few things. One, I think they're looking for a student ministry that has a zeal for Jesus and not a zeal to get students in the door. Mm. And there's a big difference. <laughs> that is, and it's easy to yeah. tell. That's yeah. Strange. So I want to, I want to camp out right there. You said it's yep. easy to tell. I don't, I think it's easier to tell from the students than it is for the church leaders. Like I think the church leaders might say, well, mm-hmm. it, that's not what I'm trying to do. But kids walk in and you're saying immediately they know this is about me just filling a seat or this is about following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Students are a lot more observant than people see. Yeah. And so let's say I'm going in and I'm walking to this brand new student ministry. If I'm already observing that the leaders or people around don't know each other's names, mm-hmm. like that's huge. That's already like a red flag to me. Second thing is, okay, when I'm walking into the door, 
and I'm going into the like main part of the service, is there some kind of like new here table? Who's there? Am I first greeted with students or am I first greeted with a whole bunch of adults? Because I can tell how a student ministry runs on how bought in their students are. Hmm. And so if you have a group of students who are like inviting their friends, they're at the forefront, they're helping to kind of lead their own student ministry because they believe in that thing. Yeah. I can tell that they've been so invested in that they want to now pour out because they want other people their age to see how good this place is. Yeah. That's good. So that's just some, some of what I've like noticed when it comes to student ministry. It's also like, have I seen like the, the, pastors and the ministers and all of those people, have I ever seen them outside of church? Mm-hmm. Have I seen them at a football game? Have I seen them give out donuts to my school? Have I seen them like out and about in the community to where like, they're so reputable that I'm like, that's someone that I want to come visit. Yeah. I want to see what they do. Cause I want to figure out why in the world they're giving out donuts on a Monday morning <laughs> to thousands of students. Yeah. Why are they out here at six 30 in the morning uh, as the buses pull up just with exactly. free donuts? That's weird. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so those are some of the things. And so I think going back to the original question, having a zeal for Jesus, that'll help you spread the gospel in ways that are creative than just like, Hey, we need to give out a pair of AirPods to get students to come in. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. I think they're also looking for a great communicator, whether they're like, we realize it or not. Okay. I have been around spaces where they almost like take communication as just a throwaway Hmm. and communication and how you speak the language of a modern day student is more important than real people realize. I think it, there needs to be elements of, of course, you need to open up the actual scripture and be passionate about what you're saying. But there's another part of it, which this is something that's been so huge in like the creation of high five is students need to know why exactly this is even important and relevant to today. Yeah. You can tell me a whole bunch of good stuff about how Jesus did this, that, and the third, but how is that supposed to change my life? Right. How is that supposed to impact the way I love people, the way I live? How does that make me want to change? Because I now understand that Jesus is better. Mm. And so part of what I think is huge in communication is there needs to be some kind of tension point. And I, and you know, this is a soapbox that I like just, I'm huge on. I love it. Let us have it. Let's let's say that attention for the student today is I feel like I'm better off alone. Like I'm the only one who understands myself. Hmm. I know what's going on through my head. I know like I will never hurt me because other people have hurt me. Right. And so when they come in with that mindset, as a communicator, meet them there. Mm. Address the fact that like, hey, for some of you, it's easier to be alone. For some of you, you've been so hurt that it's a lot easier for you to just lean into yourself and close off. But Jesus has something to say about that. And then you unpack scripture because then you're meeting them where you are with where he is. Yeah. And then you're able to merge this gap for them to see, wow, I've always thought it's better off to be alone. It's better off to be, I'm safe by myself. 
And now I see Han. Jesus has something to say about that. In fact, a, a story I'd probably use to kind of counteract I'm better off alone is the fact that Jesus chose 12 disciples because he knew it wasn't better off to be alone. Hmm. And you unpack that story. And then students can lean in and say, wow, every single trial that I face in this life, every single joy I face in this life, scripture has something to say about it. Yeah. So that takes that takes a knowledge of what students are walking into your space, right? It takes For a sure. knowledge of what's the mindset of a teenager? How do I get into what they're thinking, feeling in a broad sense when they walk in? How much of it too, I, not that I would advocate every time we communicate, it's a like current events message, right? For sure. But how much of it is bringing in when big things pop in their culture, mm-hmm. being able to connect with, okay, like this big thing happened. Here's how we think about that from a, from a biblical perspective. Like here's what Jesus has to say about this thing. That's actually huge in your world right now. Yeah. I would say that it's kind of twofold. So part of it is, is like, yes, I think it's super huge to address current events and things that are happening in culture through a biblical lens. That's the most important thing. It has to be through a biblical lens. But also, like the example I just gave, that's like a human issue that's happened since the beginning of time. Yes. I think we have to sit in the fact that we are human and like sit through the plethora of emotions and things that humans walk through and how like because of what Jesus has done, life can be different. Yeah. I think that has to be a continuous rhythm of like, we have to lean into the humanity and what sin has done to us so that we can then on the, like the other side of that, see the goodness of the gospel each and every week. And you can hit the goodness of the gospel in both old and new Testament, but I think we need to hit that. But I think it's also good to sprinkle in, like, of course, when something big in our culture happens, we've got to talk about it. Yeah. Part of the issue that I had with the church in high school is that they talked about issues that like felt like they were like 30 years ago and it didn't feel relevant to me today. Yeah. And so I think it's important as a church that we talk about things that are hard or stretching because students are already talking about it outside of our doors. Why not bring it in? Yeah. So one of the, this is one of the things that I think you have done a, a really, really good job with as you've worked to craft Hi-Fi, which is our our newest uh, Bible study that that's out now. And you can find it at myhifi.com. But you have you have done a great job presenting that tension that exists. That is a human problem, a common human issue. And what I find so important about that tension and when you brought that to the development of the resource is that it's designed for people who do not have a biblical foundation, for people who are unfamiliar with the Bible, who walk in, are invited by a friend, who show up and are a part of a small group like or walk into your ministry. It's designed for them. And by presenting that tension you're giving them common ground for now the gospel to address every single week versus now this is, 
this is a distinct thing versus starting with scripture of which they have no foundation context or lens for. Right. Which again, like some of you are going to be like, you're saying we don't start with scripture. Like I'm never listening to the podcast, but hear what we're saying. What we're doing with this resource is giving everyone in the room, everyone in the group, common ground that they can say, you know what? I have felt like other people's perspectives of me define who I am before. That's a, that's one of the tensions that you bring up in, uh, I, th I think the first, that may be the first month in September. Yeah. But other people's perspectives define who I am. Mm -hmm. That's something that all of us have, have yeah. felt. Like that's something I still deal with. Like right. I want people's perspectives of me to be good. Like I want, I want that. But Jesus is the one who actually defines who I am. Yes. And if you if you start off with, hey, everybody, thanks for coming. Jesus defines who you are. Mm -hmm. There's not as, as much of a context. The words are still powerful. Right. But there's not enough context for that person who has maybe never heard of Jesus before. Mm -hmm. They're all of a sudden like, okay, well, what is that? What does that mean? But when you when you start with, here's the tension, here's something we all can identify with, and here's how the gospel addresses that, it brings people together. It, it brings those walls of vulnerability down immediately so that the, the conversations around God's word can can happen. That That's one of the things I think that's special about Hi-Fi and your particular involvement in it is that it really does help people get on the same footing. And if you have a small group with somebody who is very new to God, very new to the Bible, and somebody who's been walking with Jesus for a long time, like that's a common tension, right? Like, how do I find a resource? How do I find a curriculum that hits both of those people? Yeah. Well, both of those people have identity issues. Yeah. Yeah. One person might be saying, I'm trying my best out here as a Christian because I want everybody to think I'm a good Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same outward perspectives define who I am as the person who doesn't have a biblical foundation and they can both meet together. Yeah. With Jesus defines who I am. Yep. Yes. As you think about hi-fi uh, and again, specifically about the resource now uh, built for people to build relationships. Relational ministry is at the core of what Hi-Fi is. It is built in such a way that somebody can drop in, not be behind, not feel like, oh, I missed the last two weeks. I'm out of the discussion every single week while themed and while pointing to a specific purpose over the course of a month. They don't build off of each other. So it's not like, well, let me catch you up on last week and, and all connect with culture and help help teenagers see biblical truth actually does apply to their life right now. What are some of the things that, that you pray for? What are some of the things that you hope to see happen in student ministries as they engage with hi-fi? Yeah. I've been sitting with John three sixteen for mm -hmm. probably the longest I've ever sat with. I feel like when you are 
in church, that's a verse that you hear often. And if you've never heard of John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but receive eternal life. And my biggest prayer for Hi-Fi in the spaces that it enters is that we take that at its fullness, hmm. that, that God loved this world so much so that he gave and he gave out of love and he created, he created spaces out of love. He did, God did so many things out of love. And I pray that with Hi-Fi, like this enters spaces and, and this allows the student, whether they know Jesus or they don't, that, that God loves you. And because God loves you, he, he gave Jesus. And because he saw the world in its broken state, he gave Jesus. Hmm. And so with Hi-Fi, I would love for spaces to, to sit and say that, man, God really loves me. God sees me. He's seen me, my brokenness. He's seen me in all of these things. And because he loved me so much, so Jesus is here and Jesus is alive. Yeah. And, and so my prayer for the student and the leader as a whole is that like we receive that and it changes us. And that we see that he sees us in our state today and it changes everything. Hmm. If you, if you choose to jump into hi-fi, we've talked about the relational aspect, the connection with culture and help them see the biblical principles speak to the real issues that they deal with today. Uh, it, it is based on 12 truths about who God is and based on those truths, helping students discover who they are. So it is wrapped up in this construction of identity based on who God is every month throughout the year is a specific truth about who God is. Uh, and so that that's kind of the structure of it. Uh, Tega, one of the things um, that we haven't mentioned that I would love for you to talk about, this is one of those exci like exciting components. Talk about the media uh, oh, that's, that's going to be involved with, uh, with this resource as well. Yeah, I am very, very passionate about media and how fun it is. I'm a huge TikTok girly. I like, <laughs> love social media. I'm like, it's my language. And I know for many students, that's where they are too. Um, and so what's cool about the media for Hi-Fi is that we present these gospel truths each week in a way that kind of mimics the, the YouTube TikTok style that they're used to but it's giving them truth. Hmm. So it's almost like your version of like a modern day veggie tales. It's like, Hey, this is so fun and interactive, but I'm hearing some really good stuff from it. And so we have a thing called the tell the story video. And usually those videos are anywhere between six and 10 minutes, but it presents this tension and weaves up, goes from the tension goes into scripture. And then we hit this resolution point that literally takes you straight to small group. Yeah. And so those videos involve a fun communicator and some fun editing and it's, it's great. And then we also have another thing called the theme video. And this is more so like almost like a movie style trailer that kind of introduces the group or just allows them to talk about the topic we're talking about that month in a fun and creative way. 
And so one of them was uh, inspired by like Wes Anderson's style of filming. And that's one of my favorites. Um, we have one that's like almost like a 80 sitcom intro that like introduces another idea. And so it's really just fun graphics for students to interact with and lead them to some real conversations. Yeah, it is. It's the most media supported resource we have we have done, which has been yeah. uh, really, really cool to see. Nathan, are you on TikTok? No. OK, I, I do like most millennials. I get my TikToks from Instagram reels that somebody <laughs> put on Dang, Instagram. Reels is always like a monthly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, totally not in the real time as it happens. But yeah, my uh, my TikTok algorithm right now um, is feeding me. 1990s and early 2000s professional wrestling. Nice. Like it is <laughs> like WWE. Yes. Yes. No, that's exactly right. Like somehow. Yeah. Uh, well, I know, I know not somehow like this is Zach's. We can blame Zach we can, for this. We can blame Zach for sure. But he, uh, Zach on our team that, you know, is a huge professional wrestling fan. Like watches all the stuff. Like he's in it. Mm-hmm. And somehow we were talking about it and my phone heard us talking about it. And so it like gave me one and I was like, oh, I remember this. And I watched it. Yep. You know how it goes. Like then you TikTok watch another knows. one and and now it's like. Well, they know too, like what's, what's wild about the algorithm is like they know like, oh, you watched, you know, four seconds of this 10 minute video. Or you only watch that one 3.8 seconds. So we're going to send you more of the four second video. Yes. You know, all that. Like it just yeah. knows. I think mine would all be airplane videos right now because the models and more. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask if yours was like. Oh, gosh, it would just be airplanes. Models. Or something. <laughs> you know, whatever. Model. T- now, when we say models, TikTok, we have to be really clear. Oh, this yes, is sorry. like. World War II plane yes, models. Yes. It's not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That and it'd be a ton of football clips because. Football season starting up, and I've been watching it a bunch of videos. So. That's true. Yeah. We're we're there. Nathan Nathan's a, a referee, so he's he's already out on the field, wow. throwing the flag, getting stuff done. Yeah, you know, guess, you know oh, like, yeah. I love fun. I love it. it. Tega, what is your uh, what is your algorithm feeding you right now? Is it? It's all kinds of crazy things it's like trends that are like just like super funny and so i get like a lot of like the high school college like what's on there for you page okay but also i get a lot of like things of like cool christians who are like here's an outfit i wore to church today and it's like (laughs) and i'm like yeah okay i'm wearing that that's awesome i love that (laughs) and then there's the occasional like some grandma accidentally posted something and it makes no sense. And everyone's like commenting, whose grandma is this? So it's <laughs> all kinds of things. It's so fun. I, you know, I have yet to post anything. Oh yeah. I'm just there to, I'm just there to take in. Observe. Content. That's, that's yeah. All I'm I just do. there to, yeah. just there to observe my uh, NWO that, early, right. <laughs> early 2000s, nineties <laughs> wrestling. That's what I'm there for. <laughs> Well, uh, if you would like to check out Hi-Fi, you can go to myhifi.com. That's H-Y-F-I. If you would like to connect with us or Tega further on Hi-Fi, then send us a direct message, Lifeway Students on Instagram, at Student Ministry on Twitter, and uh, we'll get back to you. There's also contact stuff on the Hi-Fi page. So if you go to myhifi.com, that will uh, give you some ways to connect with us as well as preview some of the things that we've talked about. Starts in September. 
You can buy right now, released monthly, fully digital, based on helping you create an environment where relationships can be built and flourish inside of your student ministry, all centered on God's word. So we hope you check it out. Tega, thank you so much for taking some time out of the uh, the busy editing schedule I know that you're in right now uh, to spend some time on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. See you next time, everybody.